0: The best view is from the bleachers. From the bleachers podcast with AJ and Ajay. And give them the old razzle-dazzle. That's AJ Salveson. I'm AJ Knight. This is from the bleachers podcast. And of course, uh, in the sporting world, I think as a whole, we've kind of gotten into a little bit of this lull as we're waiting for uh, hockey, basketball playoffs, and summer's kind of... Take it off for baseball. Aaron Rodgers in the draft were the big news, I think, for the most of the sporting world, and that all of a sudden has come under some interesting, I guess scrutiny would be the right word with Schefter's reporting the day of. He was on Dan Patrick's show, and they asked him about it, and people are attacking him over it. Uh, what, what, what do you think? What do you make of this, Ajay? Because he's, he's maintaining he's like, no, this is a accumulation of things. This was not like a guess.
1: Okay, so here's the thing. If he had an accumulation of things. Why do you wait until draft night to spoil everybody else's dream night so you could have more attention? Like, I mean, do you have issues? What's the deal? It's just, it. it's a bad way to go about it. Like, if you gather that much information from conversations throughout whatever the timeline is, and then say, oh, I have all this information, but I'm going to wait until draft night to air it out because then everyone's going to click on my articles and listen to me and... Pay attention to me. I, well, here's the thing: is when I get info, more often than not, I'm told not to say anything. I have to keep my mouth shut. Right. But for the most part, it's hey, uh, you can say it at this point. If you say it in between or before this point, you're in big trouble. Uh, but I and I I think ESPN was more than thrilled that Adam had all that information. He was able to release it. Uh, but that's who ESPN is. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest in the sporting world
0: of all the sports, you're always looking for, uh, the leagues are always hoping to find news like this, and this is one of those things like basketball's going on, all that, and the draft is a big event already, but that dominated the news cycle. You're talking about that all day. I was on the show with you guys on the Full Court Press. We talked about it for a long time. we did,
1: didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. People got sick of it, too, (laughs) if I remember right. Um, No, it's, man, it's tough. I I, I feel bad, and you know who I feel bad for the most is Jordan Love. Like he just wants to go play football and he's in the middle of this storm and he's done nothing wrong. He I mean, he did not force himself to Green Bay. Green Bay drafted him. Right. Uh he didn't force Aaron Rodgers to be mad. Aaron Rodgers chose that. Uh yeah. or Green Bay helped out with it too. But <laughs> I mean, whichever way you want to look yeah, at it. Oh, let's just but take another quarterback Leff, in the first round. I mean, what's gonna what's oh, the worst hey, that's gonna we happen. have a thirtieth round or a thirtieth uh, pick in the first round? You know what? Let's help Jordan now. Let's get a defensive back. (laughs) So, I I feel bad for Jordan Love. And, I mean, I know everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, the GM, and, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur. No, dude. Nobody's saying, well, if they're talking about Jordan Love, it's, hey, you little jerk. What were you thinking? Why did you accept being drafted? Why didn't you turn Green Bay away? Why didn't you just decide to follow the second round? Why do you have to be so good? (laughs) Controller. I mean, good night. No.
0: that's fair. I, I want to go back to your relationship because I know you, with your connections to athletic departments and stuff, you deal with information, uh, privy information on a on a regular basis, and especially more so than, like, me or a regular sports fan would get. And can you just walk us through that process a little bit more? Because that the big thing, Chef, there's obviously coming – Uh, attacked for that He said, no, there wasn't anything that morning that made me break the story. It was an accumulation and he decided to do so, which paints it as like you, you kind of got into, he has an agenda. And so I was just curious if we could get into the relationship between like that kind of, here's the scoop. You know, but don't say anything or whatever that you've obviously dealt with and I, as far as I can tell I've dealt with well, because I don't think anybody's been like, Yeah, don't tell Ajay anything.
1: I feel like you're in <laughs> you, the no. You are way too kind. You always <laughs> you always find a way to increase my ego and I don't even need it. I appreciate that. That's so nice of but you to say. But it's true though. No, it you, really is nice of you to say No, um, it's true,
0: and you also obviously have dealt with information, you know, you're just not allowed to share. Yeah. So I'm curious so, from that perspective, how you do that because and, paints it in a light to kind of understand Schefter a little bit.
1: No, further. so I'll, I'll I'll share a couple stories since yeah, they've ahead. come and gone and whatnot. So, yes, you're right. I've had a, like a ton of information given to me. Right. And then I am – and more often I'd say, honestly, 95% of the time it's, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's going to happen in two days. Keep your mouth shut until they've released it. Right. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I think actually the Raleigh Worcester thing, when he left from Utah State to Utah – I think you're on the show with me. I let that slip. <laughs> so I knew about it that morning of and then we're sitting there talking on their, on our full court press show and I'm like, Yeah, so you know, you know what's gonna be interesting, we're always headed to Utah and you're like What? And I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> you kinda give me that look of like, dude, I don't know if you're supposed to say that, but that's awesome. Thanks for the info. Uh, nah, you know, I'll just try to cover but spo- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You were great. So uh and then the Craig Smith thing. I knew about Craig Smith the night before. Um, but see, but that was more of Okay, is it real or is it not? Right. Because I was talking with the head associate coach. I was having a conversation with him. I was talking to a couple players, and they didn't. They they had no idea. So in that case, I was like, okay, keep your mouth shut until you actually. And then I got a call like at 3 a.m. in the morning, and I said, hey, he's going. Uh, it'll be released in the morning. And but it was at 3 a.m. No one's on Twitter, so I probably could have said something. But I was like, uh, nah, I'm not gonna. Not at 3, 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so wake up the Twitter world, uh, and then there's times where, and, and like I said, there's a lot of times where you know you hear like uh, the the firing of Gary Anderson. I knew the day before, right? And it was you're sworn to secrecy not to say anything. So and that, if, if you do, you're you're gone.
0: Yeah, and see that makes sense. So there's a they give you a release date or whatever. The news comes and goes, and, and that yeah. makes sense. So you kind of in the
1: know. And, and then here's the thing: is is that. Because other people will break that news who are not affiliated with Utah State. Right. And then they'll come to me and be like, why didn't you say anything? How come you're never breaking news? Why, you know, are are you even doing your job? Like, I've had people ask me, like, what is your job? Do you even do your job at all? Because you suck at it. Because people are breaking news before you are. And all you're doing is just, oh, yep, I agree. You know, that is happening. Here's the thing is when you're told stuff from other people, they and they tell you, you keep your mouth shut. Like I hold yeah. on to that because there's integrity with that. Yeah. Because then they can have a conversation with me and say, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's gonna happen. Um, and keep your mouth shut. And then I'll I'll keep my mouth shut. It breaks in some other way, and uh then I then I keep that integrity and I build that trust. Now it's interesting, I was talking to somebody in, in a very high up of the athletics department of another university. Yeah. Uh, and they had a change on their end too. And I said, so how do you handle that? Like, I mean, he wasn't able to tell the players or whatever, and he has to keep his mouth shut. But how do you, in your position, handle that? And they said, look, everybody talks. So you got to pick and choose who you talk to. Like, I mean, if you're going to talk to somebody, that's fine. But you got to pick and choose. Because if you you tell somebody and they leak it to players, players are going to go on Twitter and go nuts. Or if you leak it to somebody who's not affiliated with the university and they go on social media, it's your head. And they said, so you got to understand that when you have conversations with people about this, it is a very, 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 very small circle. It is maybe three people at most, and you keep And then you and you know that that circle of the three people with you keep their mouth shut. And um, and that's kind of how it is. And it's a scary road to play too, because if you let something slip to the wrong person, or that, or someone else lets it slip, and it comes back to you, you're done. I mean, you're you're getting no more of that kind of source and stuff.
0: So. Yeah, I think anybody that gets angry with you is just mad that they they feel like they could have known the information earlier. But really, yeah. what
1: has it changed? They still found
0: out the yeah, information. Yeah, they still found out. So based on that, so obviously,
1: uh, I hope that made sense. By no, the way, no, it totally I mean, that was does. A long and, roundabout way to answer, and questions. I think
0: it, you know it sheds perspective on on, uh, you know, I think where Schefter's position is and then obviously his is maximized because everyone knows he's the na- he's the guy, right? He's the guy that breaks football news. There's one for like each sport. Schefter's the guy that breaks football news. And so I wonder, in your opinion, how much the fact that he's employed by ESPN was a factor in this because, you know, they've taken a beating, especially the last year and a half about the way they've introduced seemingly more and more politics, and I don't want to get into that so much whether it's right or wrong, but I, they've taken a beating over it, and so like, I think Fox has kind of seen as more of an even-keeled one that's kind of ridden out, and we've seen Fox purge talent yeah, time I and think, time again.
1: No, you're right, and I think Adam Sheffler did himself no favors. Yeah. Like, coming out with that, I mean, I was listening to the Dan Patrick show, and he was on it, and that's when he kind of let it go that, hey, You know, it wasn't like someone broke some news to me right then and there. It was accumulation over time. And then that brought on to the argument of, well, then why did you wait for as long as you did? Why didn't you say anything? Why did you wait till draft night to let out such information when, you know, over 100 kids are having their dream come true to get drafted into the NFL and you want to leak out the news because you want the attention? Like it just, it it rubbed people a, a, a lot in the wrong way. right? And Adrian Wojnowski has a problem with that too. That's why people respect Shams because Shams keeps his mouth shut. I mean, he's not going to wait to just, I mean, it's not about numbers for him. It's about just getting the information out. Right. And he makes sure that he got the information. He keeps it short and sweet to the point. But uh, yeah, ESPN has taken a beating in a lot of ways, and this does not help their brand. And Adam Schefter didn't help himself in any way. Do you think that
0: uh, this could have been a thing where I know we, you know uh, the, there's the odd couple that has Rob Parker and uh, Chris Broussard on it, and they've talked about the position they are, especially Broussard. He's kind of that guy, the, the, one of the basketball guys that players like trust or whatever. And they and both of them, I know, I've heard talk, and including some of those guys, Stephen A. Smith's probably another one where players will tell him information, and they, they they use the media. It's just one of those things where Roger was sort of manipulating, him like here's here's the deals. Uh, Shefter here. I'm gonna give you the details, but here's what you got to do. You got to do it draft day. I want revenge on the Packers because people are speculating that Pat, that Rodgers kind of had a hand in this and wanted it done on purpose on draft day as kind of a form of revenge and try and take back some leverage.
1: Oh man, and and the crazy part is is that Packer beat writers are probably the most upset because they've been doing works throughout the whole entire thing, and then and then Aaron Rodgers puts out all this information, and the Packers beat writers are like. We've been doing this for the whole entire time. Like, why all of a sudden is, is Adam Scheffler getting all the credit? And, and not to mention, I, I read one Packers beat writer, and his tweet was really, really good. He had a thread um that he put out, and he said, look, what Adam Scheffler said isn't news. It's the way it's the way and when he did it that all of a sudden became breaking news to everybody. And it's the fact that ESPN came behind him and gave it a nice little push. Like, hey, guess what? Live on ESPN is Adam Scheffler talking about Aaron Rodgers. And then... The, the whole Aaron Rodgers leaked it. Uh, another Packers beat writer came out and said, Look, my sources are better than Adam's, and that's definitely not true. Well, I
0: think you could see that because I think you could uh, talk about the role of, of media in sports because I don't know about you. I've got a fantasy app that's pretty good about relaying information to me about it. And it's, it seems like every three days, oh, Rodgers definitely wants out. Yeah. Oh, Rodgers can command a trade. And then the most recent
1: one was Rodgers torn
0: about whether he wants to leave or not. And It's like yeah. it sounds like nobody
1: knows. Nobody knows. And that's what the b Writer said. He's like, look, you know, Adam Scheffler putting out there that, you know, this and that and that Rodgers camp was talking. And it's like, and the b Writer said. That's just bull crap because the people I've talked to, and again, they're better than Rogers sources say, Hey, look, he stayed like they, no way did he put that out in no way did he put that out on draft night. And in no way, as he claimed out and said, Hey, I'm demanding a trade right now at this very minute. Um, and, and he said, so like foot off the uh, gas pedal, put it on the brake, and just take a deep breath. It will all come to, it will all come to light at some point and it will probably come from Rogers at some point. But don't just take it from Adam Scheffler and say, hey, there it is, that's how it is, and boom, jam, jam, thinking, man, that's it. <laughs> so, and, and, and the Chris Broussard thing, by the way, do you remember who the first one to leak out that LeBron James would go to Miami was? Stephen A., wasn't it? It was Chris Broussard. Was it? Chris? And he did it like two months before, and everyone called him a moron, idiot, mm-hmm. bleepity bleep, and this and that and the other, especially Cleveland fans. And my Miami fans took it and were like, heck yeah, LeBron's coming. All right, let's put the team together. Chris Broussard, three months before that, even before Windhorse said anything, in fact, more on that in just a sec, but even before Windhorse said anything, Chris Broussard put it out that he was going to Miami. And then and so Windhorse was like the the pet. He was like the leash to LeBron James Chain that he was just walking with him like a poodle. And in a book that Winhorse put out, he said that I knew for a long time that LeBron was going to Miami. But here's the avocat to it all. He said I wasn't allowed to say a word. And right. that became from LeBron James' camp. LeBron James trusted me enough that he and his camp had told me, I'm going to Miami. But they also trusted me enough to, hey, keep your mouth shut. Here was the hard thing for Brian Windhorst that I've never had to deal with. He had to go on live television on ESPN and talk about LeBron James. Hey, what are you hearing right now? Well, you know, like we're not sure. There is a bunch That's of suitors going so after tough. him. Yeah, and and But the whole entire time, he's like, he's going to Miami. We all know he's going. And so like him so and in it it's a great book but Windhorse would be like you know people are like oh he's going to LA holy crap there's I saw a LeBron James member of the camp in LA having dinner he's going to the clippers and and Windhorse and LeBron would just laugh they'd have a glass of wine and they'd laugh and LeBron and Windhorse said it was the hardest time in his life as a professional writer but it was the most rewarding of his life because after all was said and done LeBron said dude I have an amount of just an amazing amount of respect for you. Paraphrasing here, but I have an amazing Uh, amount of respect for you because the whole entire time you kept your mouth shut and nobody knew who the hell like LeBron was talking to because you never gave anything away. And he just he said that was one of the greatest compliments you possibly could have got is from LeBron James Camp, thank you for doing your job. Interesting. Okay, let's shift from one great to another, from Rogers and football to baseball and trout.
0: Uh, I think this discussion has kind of come up again as the angels are you know the angels and Mike Trout is just his his stats I keep they keep bringing his wins above replacement up and all of that and he's gonna smash more records and all that and he's arguably could be one of the greatest baseball players ever. Unfortunately, AJ, we just don't get to see him do anything. He's not going to be in the postseason right now. They have the Angels have the second worst, excuse me, third worst record in the AL. In the AL, they're last in their division. He's not going to make the postseason again. And I mean, it's still early, obviously, but it would seem that they're destined not to bounce back from that. I mean, what do you make of this? Because legacy, I think, is defined mostly in postseason. Don't get me wrong; you got to be great, but I think legacy is amplified and magnified and. And all that in the
1: postseason, and we may never see Trout get there. Can I give you some numbers right now on what Mike Trout's doing this year? Oh, yes, please. So he's been to the plate uh, 106 times. He's been on base 56 of those times, and he has 49 outs made. Jeez. Okay, and here's more. It gets better. Mike Trout currently, this season, entering today, 407 batting average is first. 514 on base is first. His 1.293 OPS is first. His OPS plus is first at 258. 35 hits is tied for fourth. Eight home runs tied for seventh. 21 runs tied for seventh right now this season alone. Uh, he currently over his last 162 games, a 10.6 war average. Uh, 724 PA. He's batting 30. Well, over the last 162, batting 308. Four thirty slugging, wow. Six seventy on base, fifty eight home runs, one hundred and thirty seven ribbies, one hundred and thirty five runs scored. That's insane!
0: That's insane. He has a chance to potentially be. I I don't, I don't know. I have I have not as qualified and don't have a as good a, a, a grasp on baseball history as do other sports. So I can't. I'm not gonna be like, oh, he's so. He's, I don't have a
1: ranking for him, but he's he's up there. So, and by the way, just like what three days ago or whatever it is. Um, he he hit a home run over the race Four outfielders that were it was a deployed defense huh. shifted, and like two, like you know, just shift where he's gonna hit the line drive. I mean, they shifted major. So what did he do? He hit a home run over him. It's just, it's just <laughs> stupid. Good luck shifting the defense. Yeah. There. So and so I so I used to work with Steve Cloudy, voice of the Salt Lake Bees. Right. Um, and he told me all sorts of stories of Mike Trout. He said two games in. Um, there, cause there was some hype about him coming, you know, what he was going to be and how he's going to look two games in. Um, he goes, I think it was four for five uh. hits two doubles, um, a triple and a single. That's not a joke. He accounts for every run either by ribby or scored. Jeez. Uh, and, um, and he stole three. Uh, yeah, he's stole two bases that day too. He stole a second. He's stole third. Two games in, and he goes to the and, – and, and Steve Klauke goes to uh, the man. I think – no, it wasn't KJ. I can't remember who it was. But he goes to the manager to do his pregame interview the next day. And uh, it's day three, and I think they're in El Paso. And he says uh, – you know, he's asking about Mike Trout, and he's giving him short answers on Mike Trout. He's not really talking about him. And so the interview ends, and Steve Klauke goes, Hey, man, I, you know, is everything okay? With my, is Mike Trout okay? And he goes, Look, Steve, I get you have to ask about him. He's gonna be here for a week and he's gone. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, well, he, he could be." And he goes, "No, no, 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 no. Let me make it clear. He will not be here by the end of the month. He's going to be gone. He's gone a week and three days later, <laughs> and he hasn't came back since."
0: Oh yeah.
1: Like, dude, the guy's incredible. But you're right. But I mean, I I just bragged about Mike Trout. But you're so right. His legacy is gonna be not just not winning a championship, not just being in it, not being in a championship not winning a playoff game, but he never will make a playoff game in his career. He will never make a playoff game as a part of the Anaheim Angels team. Not looking like it. Now, guys like Ernie Banks, who played for the Cubs, seem to be okay with things. He never made a playoff game, but he made the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh yeah, I'm not saying he's he's not Hall of Fame. I think it's very obvious. But
1: I'm just saying it's just crazy that a guy that good, an MVP that great, a baseball player, one of the greatest in MLB history, is never gonna see the likes of a wild card or a playoff game. That sucks. I want to see him in the playoffs.
0: You know, it really does. So I let me. I want to. I want to tread carefully here because I'm not saying I, I like it. But you know what's what's great about basketball is they they use the stars to motivate. Like you know who LeBron is. You know who who Kawhi is. You know who those guys are. Right. You see their faces yeah. and you can recognize them and you. Baseball, I feel like it's less the case, like nationally. Yeah. Like maybe maybe national fan. Like if you're I think you have to be kind of really engaged outside your team to know who like Aaron Judge is and Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and all that. And what's worse is it's not even the market side. I know it's Anaheim, but they're in LA. So he's not even in a small place, but there's just they're not doing anything with him because L the Angels have, have the Arguably one of the greatest baseball players of all time, they have the third worst record in the AL right That's now nuts. with him.
1: Well, and the other thing is that they are dealing with a lot of injuries. Like the bees had any, the bees just started their season the other night, and they lost half their roster because there's guys injured up in the <laughs> for the Angels. Right. I mean, there was five guys called up the night before their game, their first game. There was five guys called up and said, "Hey, we need you up here," and they're like, "Oh, sweet, all right, I'm getting called majors. I haven't played a Triple A game yet. I'm already going." You know, it's just, I mean, it's just bonkers. But that's how it is. I mean, that's, injuries can deplete your roster. Anaheim Angels have been dealing with that for the last, seems like, 10 years. So, I i mean, I feel bad. And then the other thing, you know, we, we talked about Mike Trout. Albert Pujols has been designated for the assignment. Now, assuming that he, that he goes through the waiver list and he clears waivers, then he'd go to AAA and play in Salt Lake. But knowing Albert Pujols and what he's done and his, um his status as a player. Yep. He retires before he goes to triple A baseball. I would think so. Me I mean too. this
0: is kinda of, I mean he's in the last year of his deal. Yeah. I could see maybe I honestly he seems like the right guy to transition to a hitting coach, doesn't he?
1: Oh yeah. Oh I'd be I'd, yeah. And the Angels
0: could use one. <laughs> I mean oh they could. So, so here's the question. Uh because you and uh buddy Kevin were talking about how um uh AD forced his way out of the Pelicans the Lakers and, and that was, you know, part of that, what people would argue, and I'm sure he would say, part of it's a legacy move, because he just, he couldn't elevate the Pelicans to even the playoffs, now he's won a championship. Do you think holes Paul? excuse me, do you think Trout will want his, or try and get his way out of
1: LA? Oh, man. You know, it's always been said in sports, every rich wedding deserves an ugly divorce. Um... That could head that way. I mean, you think about like I never imagined Tom Brady playing for another team, especially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Ever in my life. I was like, no, Tom Brady's gonna live and die a patriot. So screw you. And then Brady went to Tampa Bay and I said, Screw you. Uh d- d- Huh. Albert Poo holds is uh in fact, Jeff Passon wrote a great article on ESPN.com about Albert holds leaving, or at least that that situation of him being you know, designated for an assignment, and it was ugly. It was awkward. It really was. Between Albert, his agent, and the team, it yeah. was really awkward. And by the way, he was the first one to sign one of those mega deals, 10 years, $214 million. And that was unheard of at the time. Now you've got four guys who have signed 12 years, 13 years, 400 some odd million. dollars. I mean, Trout's, uh, Trout's
0: contract, I think it was 11 years, 426. Takes yeah. him to year 2030.
1: So here's the thing is that every rich contract deserves an ugly divorce. In in 10 years, is Trout going to be the player that he is now? Probably not. Um, is he going to play all 162 games? Probably not. So at some point, you're going to say, hey, look, this contract needs to be readjusted. And that will come from the, from the franchise. The agent's going to say, well, look, you paid him 10 years ago. You should have knew this was coming. This is your fault. Pay him out. Uh, and then at some point, you know, it's probably going to lead to maybe Trout going to another team. Well, here's the crazy thing. I didn't think he was this old. He's 29. Yeah. So
0: yeah. you know, baseball. I think you get you get a little bit of length. I mean, obviously he's going to slow down from being the dominant player at some point. I'm not saying sometime soon. Maybe he's got three, five more good, great years. But he's getting to the point now where I, I think he's given LA a the Anaheim Anaheim a fair shot. And it's hard for me to say like if it came out and he's like, all right, Trout once out, he's done. Hard for me to be like. Yeah, no, I get it, buddy. Go, go, win a championship somewhere because they try. They've had him. They've had him for a while, and they can't even sniff the playoffs. It, it's, it's it's inconceivable at this point. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Feel for the guy. I'd like to see him in the postseason for his legacy alone.
1: Yeah, I would too. I, I just I know you're right. I want to see him in the playoffs. If like if anything, that's that's one guy I want to see go to a playoff game and just playing it. Here's, I, and it sucks. Here's one for you. Speaking of legends,
0: and uh, I'm going to be honest, I think the uh, From the Bleachers podcast gets to pound their chest a little bit on this because we're a big fan of this guy. Did you see who Presbyterian College hired as their new football coach?
1: Dude, yeah, Mr. Anti-Punter himself. Yeah. I'm thrilled.
0: Kevin Kelly, the coach who uh, when, uh, may became viral because he doesn't punt. He onside kicks it all the time. His team, like, crushes him, crushes everybody. Got hired. He got a coaching gig. <laughs> He's going to Presbyterian College. Which is awesome. He deserves it. Because like, if you're a small school, and that's what you expected, right? He wasn't going to make a big yeah. job. But if you're a small school, what are you looking for? Some excitement. Yeah. You want to generate wins, obviously. And you want to generate excitement around the program. The question will be, if he starts winning there, what's college football going to do? Because I think... Football to me is less has less of a problem adapting. I think basketball is probably the most fluid in terms of adapting. Sure. Football's really sped up recently in terms of obviously you got all the the college looks and stuff, but this catches on and he gets like a mid major job all of a
1: sudden. Oh boy. Oh man. It's gonna pick up some steam too. If he wins the first five games, oh boy. Yeah, no, good for him. That's awesome. It's a great opportunity. I hope he uh I hope he handles it well, and I hope they have some success. I'll be keeping an eye on those guys, too. I I really am intrigued to see how this goes. I'm totally with you. Well, the thing that gets me about it is that, uh, you know, he catches a bunch of
0: crap, right? Because his team crushes teams because they're able to get – they basically play make-it-take-it football. And uh, he gets a bunch of crap about it, but he talks about – he said the the reason they came up with that is it's a numbers thing. Uh, that's part of it and he said he wants his team to be aggressive all the time. And I like Jimmy Johnson's quote because one of the, the 30 for 30 that what started it to me was the U, they did the first one. And he had a quote in there because they obviously got yelled at and people were like, "Oh, they're bad sports because they run up the
1: scores." He said he said, "You don't always score. Stop me." See, Bill Belichick did the same thing in 07 when they had beaten the Redskins 52 to 7 and they were up like 42 nothing. They were up like 42 to 7 with like nine minutes in the fourth quarter, and it's fourth and four on their own 43. You punt it, right? Yeah. No, they go for it. They complete a, pasta, a pass to Wes Welker. They throw the next three passes, and they score a touchdown. And like the rest of the is like, you're running on the score. You're being a bad sport. And Bill's like, look, uh, we're just trying to score points. I mean, what do you want me to do, take a knee? I mean, it's the fourth quarter. I'm not going to take 25 knees. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's uh, Jimmy Johnson's quote was, "I put it in the backups like I was
0: supposed to. I can only coach my team."
1: Yeah, exactly. And, well, and, and uh, can you imagine what that interview was like with Presbyterian president? So, listen, we have been punting a lot, and that's. I mean, we just got to quit turning over the ball. Well, you know what? I don't punt. Are we onside kick? <laughs> fourth and thirty. I've got to play for it. Fourth and f- fourth and sixty three. Annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay, we run it. Fumble, Ruski. <laughs> okay we we've got to play we do not punt you're
0: hired great exactly. well the other thing too is uh, it's a small scale so it's going to take him revitalizing because I think what you see on these small levels is you see a coach that's able to revitalize a program you see a boost and then if you start winning let's say Res- Presbyterian is going to have like a, a top 50 recruiting class anytime soon but then you can kind of, you draw a little bit better attention in terms of quality of prospects because like how would you not want to play in that offense Seriously, how would you not want to be in that one? Because you're like,
1: we're going to be on the field the whole oh, yeah. time. If you're great. the quarterback, you're like, dude, I'm going to be able to chuck it so much. Yeah. Kick her all. He doesn't even have to go down field to make a tackle. It's just an onside kick and he stands there. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to be following that guy. This is a quick side note because I want to go
0: back to baseball. So, uh, John Means... For Baltimore, through no hitter this this oh, yeah. past week, right? And there was a little bit of discussion about it because the reason it wasn't a perfect game is because his catcher dropped a third strike oh, and the guy yeah. got to first base. And people were debating, "quote unquote," should that be actually called a perfect game? I say no because it was a it was a field issue. It was a play issue. Something yeah. happened in the field of play. It's a rule. Yeah. It didn't happen. No, it's not a perfect game. It's no hitter.
1: No, I'm with you. Yeah, look, if he gets on base, he's on base. It's not. A, it, then it's then it's not a perfect game. A perfect game means no one got on base, no matter what. Like, I mean, because look, when when your shortstop botches a ball and the runner gets on base, it doesn't count as a hit. It counts as an error. Right. So if it would have happened that way, I mean, what are you going to tell them? all, oh, wait, it's still a perfect. No, it's not. It's it's a no-hitter. Uh, someone was complaining. I heard a radio show complaining about how dumb that role is that if it's a swinging third strike and the, and the catcher drops the ball, then he should be out. No, it's, I mean, if if it's a pass ball and it allows him to to advance, then he should be able to advance. And then people are like, well, why can't you do it on the first and second strike? I'm like, because it's not the third strike. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Strike one, take off the first. <laughs> just go. <laughs> that just makes no sense at all. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, but, dude, if you're the catcher, you're buying dinner for like a month. Oh, yeah, you got to be killing yourself Was this that. Get, was it listed as a wild pitch or a pass ball? Do you know? What is a drop third strike listed as? Well, see. it depends. If it, if if it's a bad pitch and it's listed as a wild pitch, if the catcher drops it or lets it get between his legs, it's a pass ball. I think it was a pass ball. Okay, well then, yeah, then it's on the catcher.
0: Here's one for you, though. So that discussion's been going on, and I heard a little bit about this, and I thought about this. Uh, so uh, commissioners generally not liked in sports as a whole, but what about this thought? So I'm with you. It's in the field of play. Players had control over it. They didn't make the play. There's an outcome there that was... They were able to alter, and it just wasn't determined.
1: How about the uh, Galarraga perfect game when he pitched for Detroit? Oh, man, that's a bummer. He's, he's still on base. If there's a runner on base, it's not a perfect game. It doesn't matter if the catcher, the the shortstop, left field umpire, or Steve Bartman. It doesn't <laughs> matter. If he's so, on base, it's, a, it's not a perfect game. You don't think the fact that the umpire clearly blew the call. He blew the call. That they can go
0: back and retro change it to what it should have been. It should have been an out.
1: Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't go back. What it could have should have. What should have would. I'm saying right I... now, changing it because that's the right thing to do. No, then it's a perfect game. If 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 the Andre Galaraga situation happens yesterday, and uh, and Colonel Mustard goes back and looks at the and looks at the replay during that time and says, "Oh wait, I got it wrong. He is out," and they list him as out right there. It's a perfect game. He's out. It's a perfect game. He's not on base. That's the ball game. But you're
0: saying because it's so far away, they can't go back and change it even though it was a completely blown So ball.
1: wait, you want him to go back and be like, hey, listen, I know this happened 10 years ago, but let's go back and look at that play. Gosh, I got it wrong. Why do you think you have well, to go back and no, look at it? Okay. E- everybody knows. Okay. there. I mean, there's the umpire and his freaking boxers. Hey, he's out, everybody. I want to make an announcement that he was out. No, he was still on base. Another batter came to the plate and batted, which means he's on base, which means there's no perfect game. I understand what you're saying. I'm saying I don't get what you're trying to put out then. I don't get what you're trying to bring up here. I'm saying that they should retroactively
0: go back and say that was a missed call. Out. Perfect game.
1: No. No. <laughs> That's no. what they should do. No. Okay. So you want to go back. Hey, 10 years ago, we got a call wrong. Let's go ahead and make up for that call. So then, by the way, can we do this then, A.J.? Can I retro virtually whatever actively? Can I go back and say, hey, by the way, there was holding a number 79 of the offense when uh, Eli Manning escaped that crazy pass rush for the Patriots, threw that ball to Tyrese who caught it with gum on the top of his helmet and pinned the ball against the gum and landed and then scored the winning touchdown? No, because... No, hold on. retroactively virtually, okay? Holding number 79 of the offense... That play after, any play preceding that after does not count. Patriots are undefeated, and they win the Super Bowl. Congratulations, New England. Is this how it's working? No. Hey, by the way, Ron Harper. uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Dick Bavetta here. uh, I had called Howard Isley's three before the shot clock a shot clock violation. That is my bad. Uh, Ron Harper, your three does not count, by the way, because it was after the shot clock. Therefore, Utah Jazz have won game six of the NBA Finals. It is going to be a tie. No,
0: because one, changing this doesn't change the outcome of the game. Two, it wouldn't have mattered because you said another batter comes up. If they call it right, it's not like he pitched again. That was the last out. That would have been the last out. They blew it. The next guy it came It would up have been the last out. out. It doesn't matter. Then the next guy still batted. I'm, that's what I'm saying, because it's a blown call. That's why they should go back
1: and change it. So wait, then, it perfect- then, okay, so then uh, then the, uh, then, the out, then the fielder loses his put out? Yes. From a game 10 years ago, or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: I think he'll give it up to get Galarraga the perfect game that he absolutely did throw.
1: That is bonkers. The other part of it, that too. That is, the, the greatest thing about the game of baseball is the human error. You're going to take away the human error. Because a guy screwed up on a call.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Galarraga have history on a oblivious call. And you like know an what? You know what's call. crazy
1: is Galarraga doesn't give a crap anymore. Galarraga's moved on. He probably has, but he he's, was forced to. It's not like his he's career. taking like depression pills and going to bed sweating bullets and like, oh my gosh, oh, oh my gosh, June nineteenth, two thousand eleven. Oh, Colonel Mustard. Oh, I can't sleep. I can't. I, I need my therapist again. I need my therapist. I can't sleep. That perfect game should still be there. It should. He doesn't care. I disagree wholeheartedly. He doesn't Just care. Just because he
0: moved on doesn't mean he
1: doesn't he You're doesn't telling care. me, in the history
0: of baseball, in the history of baseball, there have been 23 perfect games. He does not care to have his name etched there that he absolutely should. He threw a perfect game and got robbed on a absolute bullcrap call. wasn't even close. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, you know, toss-up. It was bad. It was a bad call. No, he doesn't care. I disagree wholeheartedly.
1: He doesn't care. He
0: does. He 100% does. Moved on or not doesn't mean he does not care about it.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not with you. And the whole, like, virtually reactive, tractively thing. I just leave it where it's at. It's a human error. Umpire made a bad call. It happens. It's, it's sports. I think they should go back and change it. Staying on
0: the subject, changing slightly though, what would you compare? Somebody asked me this earlier. What would, in the rest of the sports world, what compares to the perfect game? So I have a hard time sorting this out because it's happened.
1: Baseball's been around what? and. I don't, geez, how long is baseball? 200 years? you got to be getting up there. So Tom Brady had a... I mean, quarterbacks have had a perfect game where they throw for a 158.3 perfect rating. You have no picks. I mean, Tom Brady... I think he was in 07 against the Dolphins, and he's had a few more of these too. Um, that'd be considered a perfect game where you... Or I guess... I I mean, they call the trifecta where you score on offense, defense, and special teams and win.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just what other sports accomplishments? Let me rephrase. What other sports accomplishments would be comparable to the perfect game? Baseball's been around 152 years. There's been 23 perfect games. Because I have a hard time sorting this out. What is something that happens so rare, but we've seen it a few times? I don't know. I and that's what I'm saying. Like, because there's what the uh, who said who did that record? There's the there was the one. Where um, I can't think of who has a quarterback who completed what their first 22 passes or something like that. Yeah. But see, like even that, I think they flirted, they flirted with it. I think there was somebody a few years ago. I think I want to say it was for Washington that came close to it, uh, but I don't think broke it. But they, now they're talking about two or three times. I, what are the, that's what I don't know what the achievements are for. I mean, like, I don't know how many quad doubles have there been?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good one. How many quad doubles have there been actually? Nine, sorry.
0: Four, Four. really? Four. Yeah. Uh, Nate Thurmond, Olajuwon, Robertson, and David Robinson. Alvin Robert- Robertson and David Robinson. Excuse me. Whew. That's crazy.
1: I put that as a perfect game. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Russell Westbrook's kind of ruined the triple double, so nobody. I mean,
1: it's an achievement,
0: but it's like
1: uh, it happens. Yeah, no all one time cares. Yeah, that's crazy. Quad doubles. See how hard that
0: is? So, there, sorry, there's four players. Oh, oh. Will Chamberlain supposedly did it a couple times, but they did not give him credit for it.
1: Hmm. Huh. That's nuts. Kareem uh, never got it, though, huh? Apparently not. Wow. Kareem, Magic didn't. This is crazy. Well, so wait, so wait. When, when, like, for example, when David Robinson got his quad double, like, did he get it in points boards? Like, how did he? I think, I think his was points boards, assistant uh, points. Yeah, points boards, assistant blocks. I Are believe. you kidding
0: me? Let me see if I can find it. That's incredible. He had thirty-four points, ten boards, ten assists, ten blocks against the Pistons Jeez. in nineteen ninety-four. That's crazy.
1: That is nuts, huh? Hey, uh, speaking of you know historic players and such, I was I was going to ask you this and I wanted to today. Albert Pujols of the MLB, right? Great career to start. I mean, went to St. Louis, won a World Series. How you know? Had some great, great games and a great career in St. Louis, and then it just diminished as he was in Los Angeles. Things got worse, and he tailed off. Give me an Albert Puholtz in the NBA and in the NFL in the, in, in in its history. Oh, jeez, because okay. I, I I couldn't think. I mean, I I finally had a couple of thoughts, but great players who started off really at the, you know their career with signed on, but then just got worse as time went on. How about Barkley?
0: Barkley was pretty good in Philly. Got mad. He went to the Suns. They were pretty good. good. Then he caught went to Houston. And they were like, he was supposed to... I mean, there was kind of a team there, and then they just kind of fell apart. Yeah. Probably not... It's not the most accurate, but off the top of my head, that kind of seems like it. I mean, he didn't... Barkley didn't win, and Pujols did. Brett
1: Favre? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I could see that. But he did go to the NFC Championship with the Vikings.
0: I'm trying... Because the comparison would basically be she had a player that was really good. I don't know if... I'm trying to think back. I'm a Cubs fan, so I remember Pujols. I'm trying to think... If anyone considered him like the best I don't th- he was up there but he you know he was one of the better players they had success they won I can't remember if he won two or just one and then he went to the Angels and everyone was like okay they're going to kind of regret this contract cuz he's he's a vet That's why Saint Louis kind of played hardball with him and then he kind of you know he was just never the same from the get he was okay but it kind of quickly I'm trying to think is there someone there'd be a pretty good star player that signed and then they were just not the same
1: I don't, that's tough. Yeah, I can't think of anybody, man. I mean, a- Adrian Peterson? Or no? I guess. His was... What?
0: He had the... Yeah. I mean, the thing... It, sort of. Like, he was a monster. Yeah. He was absolutely a monster. I would say kind of hey, no, because he was definitely the what about, best...
1: What about Darren Williams? From, uh... Oh. With, with yeah. the Jazz? Really, really good. Like, there was that whole top yeah. point guard conversation between him and Paul that he goes to Brooklyn, does okay, but things tailed off, and then all of a sudden was at Dallas and he was non-existent. Yeah, no, I, I could see that,
0: actually. Yeah, I could buy that because, you know, you get to that point where they're like, ah, age, do we sign him? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then somebody gives him the big deal because he's a star, and it's like, oh, glad we didn't give him that contract. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> that's that's not bad. That might be. I think that's probably the closest For me, we've that's come. That's the
1: closest I guess. I think
0: that's the closest we've come. Okay. All right, there's your Pouls comparison. He's Darren Williams of the, the MLB. Obviously different though, because Pulis did win. Pouls will be a Hall of Famer. I D will I don't think no, he is. No, he's, he's no, 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 no. He's a nor good should player.
1: Remember back when, like in 03, like the whole debate between Chris Paul and Darren Williams and Bill Simmons wrote that book and said that Chris Paul was going to be better than Darren Williams at the end of it all, and everybody wanted to crucify Bill Simmons for saying that, including in Utah. Like we all I mean all the Utah Jazz fans owe Bill Simmons an apology Because he was spot on with it I mean you Like Chris Paul's Gonna be Hall of Famer
0: Oh yeah not even close He's first bout I mean he's still going Look yeah. what he's done with Phoenix Yeah
1: what he's done with Phoenix Is amazing Insane Yeah absolutely
0: Okay let's get to Everybody's favorite part We've been lotting Some Hall of Famers here Trying to change some legacies some some others But now it's time For the Hall of Shame Easier to get into Than the NFL Hall of Fame hot, hot, Here we go <laughs> It's the Hall of Shame Who is this guy? I'm proud I'm proud of mine. Who did you get, though?
1: Who's in your hall of shame? Ma- you're proud of mine. You're proud of yours, huh? I'm proud huh? of mine.
0: That nah, proud's probably too far. I think it's definitely worth more than saying. <laughs> it took me I had to think about it, because I was like, ah, I don't feel like anybody
1: said anything super stupid <laughs> recently. <laughs> He's got to wait for it, man. Okay, mine's going to be Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you win. Here's this time. Far away, the worst. This moron. Okay, A, he thinks he's a boxer, and he's not. And then he goes, and I guess it was it's supposed to be staged, just him going up and talking trash. Well, then he takes Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s hat, and he runs off like a three-year-old. that Like, yep. in elementary school. Yep. Floyd catches up to him. They start going at it. And then Jake Paul's brother comes in out of nowhere because he's like, I got to get in on this because I'm Jake Paul's brother, and I just need some TV time. And then he all of a sudden is just getting hammered on by some of, uh, some of the posse of Floyd Mayweather. And then he's screaming for help, practically, <laughs> like a little kid, like begging for help. And then it just goes from worse. So Jake Paul, A, he can't box. B, he's getting made fun of by every fighter in the world. UFC, boxing, even WWE's making fun of the kid for crying out loud. Well, did you see? So his his thing was, got your hat, got your hat. He got a tattoo that says that, and he changed his Twitter bio to that.
0: Or Twitter, I think his Twitter username to "Got your got your hat. Dude,
1: he is going to get knocked out by Floyd. I mean, we're talking in, I mean, is, is uh, size definitely favors Jake Paul. The problem is, is that we're talking about in-ring experience, and when it comes to a fight one-on-one with nobody by you, it's all about experience. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's... And so Floyd's just going to let so him have to it. To me, the
0: whole thing was staged because he's... Uh, Floyd, uh, Mayweather's doing, is is boxing Logan. He's yeah. boxing the older one. And so the Jake oh, he's one, boxing Logan. He's boxing Logan. Oh, I'm sorry. That's why I was super confused when I saw this story this week. But no, yeah, he's boxing Logan. Jake uh, just had a boxing match against somebody that he won... Um, but to me it was stage. It was to try and drum up more bites. But I mean, to me, the the only thing you have to say is Mayweather kind of schooled, uh, McGregor and McGregor's a UFC fighter. So it's like, he's got experience at least in fighting and Logan has is amateur boxer at best. I don't care how old Mayweather is.
1: Yes. He's going to school him. Just speed, experience, knowledge, and some of the fighters he's fought, like it's a cakewalk for him.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's over. Like I'm not even going to bother. Like, to me, it's dumb. I I, I got to be honest and tell me if you think I'm wrong. I'm not a big boxing guy or UFC guy. I think it's kind of embarrassing for Mayweather to take this.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, but dude, the money is... Oh, yeah, it'll be crazy. I mean, if someone's like, hey, look, I want you to go in a clown suit and I want you to go stand at Fart, and I want you to hold a sign that uh, that says John Stockton's greater than LeBron James. And want you to stand there for an hour and do it. And P- and if people like want to hit you in the Wachobis or hit you in the face, you have to take it. But you get $2.3 million out of it at the end of the day. You can clock me wherever you want. I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. The thing you, is, the, that's what I think
0: for you and me, it's different to get $2.3 million. I mean, I think what was his purse? When Mayweather beat
1: Pacquiao, oh, he made like dude, 200 million nuts. or something, yeah, right? right? That was nuts. He didn't, yeah, I think it's a little bit embarrassing.
0: Okay, you definitely win. I will concede. Jake Paul is definitely the most worthy nominee for our Hall of Shame. Mine was everyone in the NBA that's now complaining about the playing game that wasn't at the beginning of the season. Because all of a sudden, everybody was for it, and then the Mavericks are
1: kind of down there, and the Lakers are kind of down there. Now, all of a sudden, everybody hates it. Well, here's the crazy part. Have you heard a word from the Mavericks lately? Not recently, no. See, they're because they're out of it. They're all like, "Hey, hey, you know what? We support it. I think LeBron needs to shut up and play.
0: I yeah, look. Do I think it's I, I do I, I do recognize what it is. It is a cash grab. I get it. However, I don't think you can be like, oh, this is great, this is great. And they're like, oh, we might have to play it. Ah, oh, this sucks. This is stupid. Whoever came up with this idea is an idiot. I I uh, no, just just shut up. Honestly, if you fall down there, you should probably count your blessings unless you're the seven or eight seed. Then I can understand griping about it because ultimately it means it gives you a chance to still get in the postseason. But yeah, that is my hall of shame goes to the players and ownership and all that in the NBA that weren't complaining about the playing game that now all of a sudden are. Okay, Ajay, what are you watching this weekend?
1: Hmm. Well, with the recording, we're. We man it's it's gonna be tough. There's not I mean, there's a couple of good NBA games on um but I'll just say NBA because I I mean there's I mean, baseball's all right by the way, Houston getting walloped by the Yankees in the Bronx. I hate the Yankees with the passion, but God bless you <laughs> bombers. God bless you. That was just too much fun for me to watch. <laughs> Can I give you a suggestion? Yeah. Now I don't know if you like the sport. Uh, so
0: uh, one of the great East Coast sports. So it has grown recently. Uh, the Division One Men's Lacrosse Championship
1: selections are oh. Sunday. Okay. Hey, Sunday. so the Kentucky Derby was last week. So we have to wait two weeks for another horse race. I don't know. I I to me I don't get horse racing. Dude, I really you're don't. A, you're a Nevada guessing game guy. You're yeah. not going to go play the horse race. Horse racing, not my thing. Really? I really,
0: I never got into it. I don't get it. I, we had the who was it? The one the Triple Crown? Not that long ago. Uh.
1: Jeez, dude, come on! Yeah,
0: okay, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah. So somebody and I, I was on a sports show at that point, and They're like, "Yeah, this is great. This is historic." And I was like, "I literally do not care." I was like, "One
1: horse ran See, faster than the other horses." I never watched it, and horses. I loved it. I just thought it was great. I no. think it was restored. I think it's dumb.
0: <laughs> I do not get it. I do not get horse racing. To be honest, I'm not a big racing fan. I won't trash on it because my dad loves it a lot, and I I grew up around it. Just not my sports, but yeah, I will suggest that lacrosse. If you've never seen college D1 lacrosse, oh man. It is a blast. I would highly recommend it because it's awesome. But other than that, I'm kind of with you. I'm still really not huge in the swing of baseball at the moment, and I'm ready for NBA playoffs,
1: so I'm kind of stuck in this. Oh, I can't eh. wait for the playoffs. Dude, next week's the final week of the uh, NBA regular season. Can't come soon enough. Let's just, let's get it on already. Let's just skip to it.
0: <laughs> That's all, Jay Salveson. I'm AJ Knight, and this is From the Bleachers Podcast. The best view is from the bleachers. Spoken like a true puss. From the Bleachers Podcast with A.J. and A.J.
1: Wait, what's
0: that smell? Ah, it's just victory.